Coming up on today's show, the Elden Ring release day special and why you should consider giving it a shot. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Pixel Candy Podcast, our weekly gaming podcast, updating you on all the latest in video game news, trends, and new releases with a dash of wild tangents along the way. I am your host, Alan Sensich, and I'm here, as always, with my co-host, the controller-snapping Sanchacho himself, Brian Sensich. What's going on, man? Not much, buddy. Episode number 10. Episode there are 10. so many podcasts. When I say so many podcasts, I'm talking like there's hundreds of thousands of podcasts that don't get past episode one. They make one episode. I see it all the time. Like I see it in like when I look for podcasts. Um, uh, there's a stat. I forget what it is, but there's so many that get abandoned in the first, in the first three, in the first five, in the first ten. And then there's very few that kind of go the distance because uh, what inevitably happens is when a podcast is brand new, there may not be that many listeners. People get discouraged, like fuck this. And it just sits in the ether. So good on us for keeping it. <laughs> well, let's hope it keeps going, man. Cause uh, world war three apparently started today. That's, that's great. Oh, good um, Lord. You know, I'm really sick of living through like just historical moments. I, I wish that would just, you know, come to a full stop. I want precedented times again, you know? I'm really sick of the whole unprecedented nature of what's been going on lately. I feel like what happened is we're in a simulation. Someone's got a controller and they did all the side shit first. And now they're doing all the mainline shit last. (laughs) They're golden pathing it last. And we're getting all the shit now. Uh, that's kind of the analogy. I like well, whoever's the narrative writer can go fuck themselves. Cause this is, uh, yeah. this is brutal, man. It's, just, it's bad, dude. Like it's what's going on with the Ukraine. Russia is bad. COVID is still COVID is still bad. Like what's, what's crazy is like COVID is no better. We've just stopped reporting. We've stopped reporting numbers on positive cases. We've stopped reporting emergency, um, capacity, emergency room capacity. They're lifting all restrictions because the economy can't handle this anymore. Yep. But COVID is still a huge fucking problem. Like all the same things are still there, but like, yeah, not to get political about it, but it's yeah, like, we're learning to live. We're definitely, with it, you know, we're learning to live with it, but we're we're like we're not safer. It's just the economy can't keep collapsing at this at this clip. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll see kind of what happens. Uh, might just hunker down and play even more games. Maybe that's maybe that is the solution. Well, at least that is looking bright because our topic of the show today, the one and only Elden Ring, has finally had its reviews dropped. And holy fucking shit! What when I first sent you, I think it was a screenshot or whatever of the open critic and at that point it had something like 47 reviews in at that point that is no slouch of like you know two or three people reviewed it oh it's averaging at like a 97 (laughs) it was 47 reviewers i think when i sent it to you was averaging at 97 on open critic and i still can't fathom that you know this was a game that was built up so much it the expectations for this game and you know we still we don't have our hands on it it is out today so rejoice um we haven't got around to actually playing it yet but the amount of coverage i've watched oh my god i my dreams are just of elden ring right now and all the all the the tips and tricks and the the reviews and all these things i am so excited 
because the fact that this thing was so blown out of proportion and that they nailed it, everything coming out, every single review is saying how absolutely game-changing this is. And I want to know where you're at because, you know, I've talked about it a few times now on the show about how anticipated it was for me. And it's all, you know, in the last three years, what anyone's talked about, building this thing up, building it up, building it up. We're finally here. It's out today. The reviews are in 97 on Open Critic. Where are you at with this game as someone who has not played like any of the From Software games? Um, you know, it is relatively unfamiliar f- apart from what I've told you about them. And what has kind of the whole hype train and everything ab- around this game and just all of it? I want to know where you're at. So to step back even for a second, I wasn't even big on like Game of Thrones. And I was like, I because there was a meme a while ago that was like, I'm part of the 1% so never seen an episode of Game of Thrones. I was like that forever. And then I take the train into work. For anyone outside of Toronto, it's called the Go Train. It's basically like a light speed train that goes from like my neighborhood where I live outside the city into my office, basically. And I was taking that for a while. And the last season of Game of Thrones was coming out, and it's nobody would shut the fuck up about it. The hype was very similar. It was very similar. As it is. Yeah. It was very very similar. similar. And uh, fantasy, too, right? Like it had that same, I guess, um, front facing aesthetic. Right. And George R. R. Martin. Right. So I was kind of like, I watched all of Game of Thrones, loved it. And by the way, there's lots of criticism about that show because it, it took forever to release all the seasons. And some of the seasons were judged on their own because it had been two years since the previous one. Watching Game of Thrones in a fluid motion, as if you're watching one just gigantic season of television, highly recommend. Because everything people were saying about the last season, and I think it was like season four, people had problems throughout this series. As big as everyone loved it, it was still like people didn't like parts of it. Watching it in a fluid motion, amazing. So when I heard George R. R. Martin was involved with this game, I'm like, that's interesting. Because anytime you get like somebody from the film industry involved in a game, not the other way around, by the way. Well, keep in mind that he involved, was so. um, the author of... Uh, what from Song of Ice and Fire is the original name of the Game yeah. of Thrones books? Yeah, but yes, yeah, I, yeah, exactly. Sorry, like he's, he's legit. Like he's a, he's a storyteller, and like we've talked on the show about how much we love storytelling. Yeah, and and for me, like I was like, okay, but this is a Souls game, and we've talked about Souls games, and we've talked about how much I hate difficult games. I'm not playing video games to piss myself off and snap a controller. It's literally in my intro. Like <laughs> I will snap an eighty dollar controller. Over the dumbest shit. I haven't actually done it, but I've been very close, which is why the intro is pretty funny. Yeah, but it's your vibe. This game, like you said, it's my vibe. This game was so hyped up. It's all I fucking heard since I started paying attention to video game news about a year ago. And I know the hype train was huge years before that too. So part of me is kind of like, I think based on everything I've heard, it's like, if I play this game, like am I playing a piece of art? Like that's literally what it sounds like it's going to be. And I think, uh, and we're going to talk about this later. I know a little bit, but like I'm playing hotline Miami right now, which for anyone who doesn't know is like a really difficult game. It's kind of one shot kill one kind of knife swipe kill 
in both directions. So if you can get a flow going and take out a bunch of enemies, it's it's cool. You get a you get into flow, you're good. But if they hit you once, you're done, and it's hard. So hey, as hey, I think can about I, can that, I ask you one question: Is it hard yeah. or is it punishing? And this will come up later. So I don't uh, define punishing. Define the difference. Punishing in the, in the sense, uh, yeah. Let me elaborate a little bit. So hard meaning why why is this built like this this is really frustrating i can't get past this this game is too hard versus oh man okay that that hurts but i'm gonna try again okay okay i think i got ah didn't get it this time either god that hurts that is punishing but i'm gonna keep going and then you finally do it and that feeling of getting through those levels is what the magic is Hotline Miami is, by that definition, punishing. And I'm such a fucking idiot. Like, I will do the same thing. Like, because if you think about this game, so it's it's an overhead game. Uh, we were going to talk about this later. We might as well talk about it now. It's an overhead game. It's It's got to be like 8 or 16-bit. It's made to look really old on purpose. Uh, it's very arcadey. And you're running around. And to get through a level, because it's all level-based, to get through a level, you'll have to do like five to six different like maneuvers in like your strategy to get around this floor and kill everybody. I'll do the same first thing way too many times before realizing that first thing I did is the problem. Like I'll, the the other three things will be fine, but because I did the first thing wrong, four and five don't make sense. And like that's, I'm just, it's like Einstein, like doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result is insanity. And that's, it's not Einstein who said that. I think it was, but I like... I, literally that's what it is so it's training me out of that and into a better mindset interesting so all this to say all this to say that i feel like hotline miami is like boot camp for a souls game and i feel like i might want to dive into it we've talked before like i have bloodborne it's on my playstation in my library i haven't downloaded it but like i've also heard through reviews that elden ring is a little bit more forgiving than bloodborne and sicko and dark and dark souls or, or demon souls like so to me it's kind of like i really want to try sifu as well because i love the art style and that's more of like samurai than kind of got um more samurai than uh, game of thrones vibe that would have so a lot know. of the risk reward attachment in it in sifu so you are right because there is this big thing that Dark Souls, Demon Souls, Bloodborne, uh, you know, the From Software games have really established over these last 10 years. And that is the risk and reward of going through these games, you know, going through the, the, the punishing kind of repetition of trying to, to get through this bottlenecked area of the game. And you mentioned Elden Ring is kind of the first, you know, a lot of these reviews, a lot of people are, are talking about it. A lot of the more casual players that are even reviewing it are saying like, this is the game of like a generation or, you know, the, the decade or however you want to say it, it is a very important game. You touched on it being a piece of art and, you know, there is something to be said for if you're this deep into gaming, obviously, um, being part of the zeitgeist, like what's going on right now in gaming, right? Right now, if you're, if you're kind of dialed in, it's Elden Ring, man. It's all anyone's talking about. And like, I don't think it's a question of do you want to miss out on that, but it's, you know, being part of the conversation and just kind of knowing, well, when something gets this 
overwhelming amount of praise. There has to be something there. Even for people who at face value look at something like this and go, I'm not into high fantasy. I'm not into medieval type things. From what I've heard of the Dark Souls series, not into it. I don't like difficulty, like et cetera, all that stuff, right? But you just, you can't help but look at everything coming out about this game. And like I've kind of given you a brief overview of what I guess the gameplay loops in previous from software games were um i don't know like would it help if i kind of clarified the quick gameplay loop of what those games involve or have you kind of gotten the gist of it through all these things about elden ring so i've gotten the gist of it but i think for listeners who might not be familiar i think it's worth like reviewing really quickly and it'll there's gonna be pieces you mentioned that i'm like oh yeah i didn't realize that Absolutely. And I guess, you know, before I kind of dive into that, to, to just give a really quick backstory of even where I'm coming from with this, um, I was, I think I mentioned this on another episode before, I was you about a few years ago. I was just like, dude, I have no interest. It was right around the time uh, Sekiro dropped and Sekiro won uh, Game of the Year. It was all anyone talked about. Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice. This game's the, the, the second coming. It's amazing. And... Um, I looked at it and I'm just like, honestly, again, difficulty did not interest me. Um, the, the grind that everyone talks about that game being and that the method of getting through it, I had no interest. And it wasn't until, and this is very far removed, but the, this game was very, very influenced by Dark Souls. And that's a game called Hollow Knight. I don't know if I've ever talked to you about this or if you're familiar with what this game is. It's a very dark but cartoonish side-scroller. Like, very simplistic visual game. But the actual like core of what you do, the gameplay loop, is directly born from what From Software kind of made their games around. That game is one of my favorite titles ever. I love it to death. It is so fucking difficult and punishing, not hard. <laughs> Um, and that introduced me to being like, you know what? Um, to your point, Hotline Miami as well, making that connection and, and kind of the trying to get through the grind is, is very um, relevant as well. But the, when the PS5 came out, Demon Souls was the launch title. And I'm looking at this game from a visual standpoint first and being like, holy shit, this is one of the prettiest fucking things I've ever seen. And, you know, thinking the Hollow Knight, I'm like, well, it has this formula. Like, do I want to try it? And sure enough, picked it up on launch day. Absolutely love that game. I love it with everything in me. Now, past that, I haven't really gone back and played all the older titles. Um, a good friend of mine, though, is absolutely obsessed with all of these. And I learned a lot of what these games have to offer through him. So just to, that's kind of the backstory of where I'm at. And then, you know, Elden Ring was announced and I've just gotten more and more excited to get into this game. And that is because the gameplay loop. Now, from my understanding, it's combining two very important things here. The first one being the From Software formula. And what that is for anyone who doesn't know, hasn't played, at its very core, it is you progressing through a level. Every time you kill anything, there's some items that will also do this for you, you obtain a currency. It's called something different in every game. 
but you obtain a currency that then helps you level up, better your weapons, etc. all that stuff. If you die, and again, the game is very challenging, so you're going to die. Like this is not like a, you know, a game you can just set to easy mode and rush through. When you die, you drop that currency. And if you're hoarding and you have enough that can just, you know, blow the gates open on leveling up your character, but you haven't spent it yet and you die, it stays where you last died. And now the game becomes, oh my God, my stash basically, like where my souls are, or, you know, whatever it's called in, in the game, I know exactly where I died. Now you have to get there and retrieve it. If you die on your way to retrieve it, it is gone forever. So that is where the risk and reward comes into it. When you're progressing through a lot of the from software games, um, and to relate it to my experience, you know, being Demon Souls or even Hollow Knight, you're exploring these crazy labyrinth levels that take you in all sorts of directions. You're getting lost. You're exploring caverns. You're you're finding all these things, and it's really about exploration. But to the point where you might enter a room and see something and be like, I got, I got a lot of cash on me. You know, I got a lot of souls. I got a, whatever it is. Like, do I, do I want to push forward? Because there might be a save point right after this. And then, you know, and then maybe I can cash this stuff in or maybe I can at least save my game. But if I die here, I could potentially lose it all and have to grind up that stuff all over again. So, that, that is the most basic, basic overview of what those games do gameplay-wise. The art direction in these games is phenomenal. It is A lot of the stuff you will see in every single one of these games is are things that you have never seen before. It is just really creepy creatures and dark, dark worlds that they have created with, uh, very important to say here, super deep lore that no matter where you go, who you talk to, that character probably has a fucking 200-page backstory written somewhere about them to make them who they are in the game. So knowing that Elden Ring is going to have this is a given. You know it's a From Software game. It's what you expect, right? But now, or, or I should say when, when they kind of announced the game, they announced it's going to be open world. Every single hardcore from software player was like, whoa, 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 whoa. What do you talk about open world? These games are built a very specific way. There are labyrinths where you unlock shortcuts and you get lost, but then you know you 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 find this one path that leads you back to the beginning, and now you can get to that one area so much faster. And it's, you know, when you're trying to collect your souls after dying, that's a big thing. It all kind of works together in this seamless way where their game design is really what shines and as soon as they said open world there was a lot of apprehension but i'm sure with myself at least a lot of optimism now all i wanted was i was talking to my buddy the other day and i said listen the, the reviews hadn't dropped yet and i said hype is a dangerous thing and i have been like a flagship for like hyping this game up like the tiktok discord right now oh my god People are just eat, like bashing each other over like their opinions on this shit. But I was, I was really optimistic, and I said, all I want is a finished game number one, 
just want it to run. I don't want it to be a disaster like all these other games lately. And if I'm thinking about what I want from this game, I want, number one, the From Software, you know, the the known thing, that, that gameplay loop, that that risk and reward of, like, really grinding things through, but, like, like you've now experienced through Hotline Miami, not difficulty just for the sake of difficulty, but a whole ass journey through the punishing nature of it all. And secondly, because they didn't, you know, there was a bit of um, hints toward this. So I kind of landed on this as like the, the natural um, order that they were kind of going in. I wanted a breath of the wild Zelda fucking open world approach. And now to anyone who hasn't played Breath of the Wild, it's a super popular game. But just really quickly, um, I know that you haven't played it. So you might not be familiar with, well, what does that mean? Like what 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 is a Breath of the Wild open world? Because you've played open world games before. You play all sorts, right? So I'll relate it back to something I know you're familiar with, and that's Assassin's Creed. When you played Valhalla, what pissed you off about that game? The fact that when I would enter a part of the map, there were 900 million icons in my face. And I literally just was like, I don't even know. <laughs> I didn't know where to start. My, my problem with so many of these games is when I hit a fork in the road, I get down halfway down one part of the fork. I'm like, wait, but what's the other way? Hmm. And that's why open world games are challenging because I'm like, yeah, I'm doing this now, but what am I missing out on? And there are some open world games like Dying Light that we've talked about before, where if you go down a certain path, you're completely fucked on the other. And like, that makes me crazy. So yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of been my experience with it is I, I just, that's why I tend to like linear path games better. Cause it's like, whatever's in front of me is what I'm doing. Right. And I don't have to think about like, but what if I go back and explore that other room? Like Psychonauts was a bit like that too. I'd be like, shit. Okay. Which way do I go here? Like, Am I going to miss something if I go this way? So that's just my take on it. Well, I don't know so much about, you know, the fork in the road and really the decision over, oh, fuck, do I go left? Do I go right? And then second guessing your decisions because that's just going (laughs) to, that's probably going to nag you in in literally every game. But you said something very important there and you started out by saying you were overwhelmed by all those, those icons. Ubisoft is notorious and I think they were almost the culprit for setting the standard of modern open world games being this clusterfuck of just oh you you climb the tower or you know you, you you unlocked part of the map and now you can see the six dozen icons that just popped up and that's overwhelming because that that literally becomes a checklist and for people like you and me who have a problem with letting that go every once in a while that will become almost chores like you're just looking at the map going okay well i did i did the i did four of the five towers so i only got one left i got to do it now and it's it's there is no discovery you're constantly opening your map you are leaving the game to reference your map you're you're looking at the icons you 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 click action on one of the icons to highlight it then there's a waypoint on your map in game you follow that like a fucking zombie until you get there it's it's such conditioning and it has become such a standard that it's really disheartening in every open world. Dying Light had it too. Dying Light 2, literally, as much as I love that game, had the exact same thing. You climb towers, windmills, same shit. You climb windmills, 
you you turn on the power boom bunch of icons you need to like like check off now breath of the wild when it came out god what four or five years now did 17 i think yeah yeah um it did something that changed open world forever and no one's really copied it until now what that is is pure blissful exploration there is fucking nothing on your map at least in elden ring i know zelda had like a few things but like the way that they approach it you are you are given the entire map at the very start of the game there's nothing locked off to you so that in itself might seem overwhelming right but when you open your map there's nothing there it's a little tiny circle around your character and everything else is just fog you have no idea if you go north east south west it doesn't matter you have absolutely no idea both in game and exiting the game going to your larger map where the hell you're going so what's the result of that you being in game and actually actively looking around every single direction around you looking off into the distance seeing you know in um keeping it to elden ring you might see a castle off in the distance and go oh shit that looks cool i'm gonna go there but then along the way 500 different things happen that pull you in a different direction you might not get to that castle until a week later of playing because you might have got attacked along the way there might have been a cave that you wanted to explore halfway towards your destination but as you progress through the map and you know again when you leave the game and you you bring up your your overworld map they're still not giving you clusters of big like oh you you unlock the tower here's a huge portion of your map that never happens it only shows where you've been and the map markers are completely up to you so you basically have a tool set within the map that you can say oh that that castle okay that's really cool i need to go explore that well you open up your map you might have to guess where it is within the fog you place a little marker and then you know to go back there you because you might get sidetracked by again 500 different things but at least you know that that marker on the map when you open it up was something you found and you find important enough to want to revisit so what breath of the wild did and what elden ring now seems to be you know improving upon is just natural ass exploration in gaming, which I don't know other than Breath of the Wild, the last fucking time I had that. I think if I personally think back to it, there was like Skyrim and the Fallout games had a very similar thing. They had a lot of icons on the map, but it's it's just this idea of when we were kids and we were playing games, there was this really fun nature to like loading up into we didn't have a lot of open worlds back when we were smaller but even you know isolated levels like you want to think back to like do toy story 2 on ps1 if you remember that like no matter what the game was you would load into a level and be like oh i want to scour like every inch of this there was no map like until we started getting open world games you never had an overworld map you had to actually search within the game to find and discover and find secrets and like doing that stuff felt so much more rewarding and it 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 takes two was like that 
In Takes Two, there was no map. And that yeah, was but that was really a very like, linear game, I would argue. It was very linear. It was. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't fully open world, but it, it it definitely was like discover whatever it is in front of you and deal with that because you don't even know where else to go. Exactly. I feel like with some of the games too, like I know with, with Grand Theft Auto, maybe even with the newer Assassin's Creed, you can turn off a lot of the icons so that when you turn on your map, it is blank or you limited can. things show up. But like... The fact that you can have it all means most people, I think, will. Well, and it's I don't uh, think it stretches yeah. just into, you know, the option to be able to turn it off and on as much as it is the game design around a game like Breath of the Wild or Elden Ring, where that is in mind the entire time around creating the game from the ground up versus any Assassin's Creed where there's no forethought put into you really got to think about what this means, right? Like the actual landscape, once you're in the game, you're your character you just built in Elden Ring and you get set off into the lands between. The way that they form even the the grass and the hills and the and that castle that you see off in the distance, that is all predetermined in a way that they want you to come around a corner after exiting a forest, let's say deep dark forest you can't see shit in front of you you finally see an opening in the trees when you emerge from that opening in the trees that vista that you come across that is no mistake everything you see in the distance or lack of seeing in the distance is all designed around the open world and that is what is being married to the classic friggin from software formula and i think that's why we're seeing such buzz about this game because they're really doing you know their formula is their formula no other game has this people have tried to replicate it uh some better than others but they nailed it that is them there it is unique to from software games everyone knows the quality put in now you're marrying it and improving upon what breath of the wild did with open worlds and you just have this game where you create your character you're set off into this world and now not only do you have this pure sense of exploration and rewards, but it's fucking terrifying too. You're not going to run around in this game just one-shotting people and like, you know, doing like in Dying Light 2, bouncing off of these like jump pads and drop kicking people off rooftops. Like that's a different type of video game fun. This is methodical. Like, okay, I got to watch my back. What time of night is it? Oh, fuck. The creatures are coming out at this time. I got to I gotta do this. I, it's a whole different level of involvement that might push a lot of people away, but by the sounds of these reviews, it is pulling way more people in this time around than from software's old games. So that's kind of like my my whole, I guess, overview of where I'm at with this because that sounds so fucking perfect to me and I can't wait especially considering what people are saying, the length this this game will take to beat, just to dive in and have this be a game that I play for a really long time because I'm not rushing this. I feel so bad for reviewers that had it like for a week and had to fucking blast through it. Tam from Kind of Funny, the poor guy, he even said in his review, he's like, he's like, I did not do this game justice. This is not how I wanted to play it. Like this is, I've been waiting for this game like everyone else, and I finally got it in my hands, and I had to blast through it. Um, that is not what I'm going to be doing. I'm, I have it downloaded. I cannot wait to get to this. So I guess my question is, will you be playing it? 
So there's a lot there. Um, first of all, back on the marketing. So the marketing has been so intense for this game. The hype train has been so intense. And now with the reviews, I have a buddy of mine who works at Amazon and he has an Xbox One. He doesn't have the Series X. He doesn't have a PS5. He wants to get it, but they're just they're in short supply. And he works on the team that takes care of like the marketing for a lot of these games. Like when you see the ads on the Amazon platform, not the actual game being sold on Amazon. That's a different team. This is like ads for it that you'll see on prime video that you'll see on fire TV, all that stuff. And he's like messaging me going like, dude, I think I'm going to pick up Elden ring. And I'm like, hang on a second. Hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. let's back up the train. I'm like, you like sports games. What are you talking about? You're going to play Elden ring. And he's like, dude, he's like, fucking looks incredible. And the hype train's like insane. Like, I think I'm going to play it. And I told him, I'm like, dude, like he was thinking about getting an Xbox Series X. I'm like, you should do that and then buy this game. Like, don't play it on Xbox One. I feel like it just won't be as good. And he's like, yeah, like, you know, he's thinking about it. He's going to pick up that and he's going to pick up Red Dead Redemption 2. And I'm like, dude, you're going to live in those two games for the next eight months. Like, there's not going to be anything else you do. Because he's a huge fan of like NHL. And I'm like, you're never going to play NHL. You'll just live in these games. So like there was that whole thing and like that, the fact that somebody like that, who's not even 10% as into gaming as I am being this excited about that got me even more excited about it. And like listening to all the reviews and having people be like, is this going to be the once in a decade game? Is this the best game ever reviewed? Is this like, I'm like, I gotta fucking play this game. Like how can I sit on this podcast and be like, yeah, like fuck Elden Ring. I just didn't want to bother. Well, that is, you know, but, I mentioned uh, that before, right? That's hard to not be part of the conversation when something like this happens. You'll, you're will you going to hear the buzz. This is not going to die down right away. Like, this is going to take a while. People are going to talk about this game for probably years, to be honest. It's going to be compared to everything coming out that's open world and, and all yep. that shit. Um, yeah. So, I, I well, I told you. you I, know who I feel- Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, you know who I feel bad for? I feel bad for Guerrilla Games and Horizon Forbidden West right now. Yes. Because <laughs> anyone I anyone I know right now that's into games, yourself included, is like, yeah, Forbidden West is cool. Probably won't get back to it till 2023 now. Because they're just gonna live in Elden Ring. But dude, this is the second time. Do do you do you know that? This is the second time because Zero Dawn released when? 2017 right before zelda breath of the wild so (laughs) it all comes full circle man like this fucking game that literally revolutionized open worlds came out right after zero dawn and i remember loving zero dawn uh i got a really good portion of the way through got breath of the wild i didn't look back for over a year took me a year you know? <laughs> to get back to Zero Dawn, even though I would sing its yeah. praise and be like, everyone needs to try this game because it's really cool. Um, yeah. This is the second yeah. time, man. <laughs> like, for, Forbidden West, like, they can't catch a break. It's Dude, listen, to answer your question, I'm going to play it. But you know me and how I roll. I am not paying $80 for this game, and I'm not playing it anytime soon. I'm going to wait till that game is $30. Because, dude, what's, what's $30 right now? The hype train from a couple years ago, Cyberpunk. Thirty dollars on the PlayStation right now, like I would have been fucking furious if I paid eighty dollars for Cyberpunk and it had all the issues that it did, and I see it for thirty dollars right now, lose my fucking mind. Not that's the same case here because like Elden Ring is not broken in any way, shape, or form by the sounds of it, but 
my plan is I'm going to play, I'm not paying full price. It just doesn't make sense. I got way too many games on the go. And I will miss some of the conversation about it, but like, that's fine. I've decided I'm going to play it. It's just, it's going to be a bit. Well, here's the thing. And I know that you picked up on a little bit of this through the reviews we were watching. Um, a really big thing with pretty much um, every FromSoft game is like, not only just the conversation around being excited and like, oh my God, it's out today. Like, I just want to talk about it and like, you know, look up all this, this content, but getting through the game and having people also playing part of the experience with these games that I didn't mention, cause you know, there's the core game design, there's the art direction, a really big thing for a lot of players is the camaraderie and community around getting through a fresh release from from software and figuring everything out because these guys love some secrets and i know i love me some secrets they fucking jam-pack their games with hidden everything there are super elaborate things that you can uncover there's very basic things that you can uncover but finding it all out because of the mystery that is lying within each of these games and by the sounds of it this one being like the fucking king of hidden secrets and all these different new exciting things you're gonna figure out um as i guess just you know a a heads up that is a huge portion of it so it, it may work in your favor that if you get it down the road and i've put like 100 hours in i can answer every single question you have so there's that um and yeah, you, you know what? That probably is something to look forward to, I guess. Just have, because having anyone helping you out with this game is is going to be key because there is a lot. It is a steep learning curve, yeah. but I'm telling you once you're in, there's no looking back. Oh, exactly. Because what will happen, dude, just, and, it, and it's just the way I am. I'm definitely not like recommending other people think the way I do, but like otherwise what will happen is say I get it tomorrow. Say I'm just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll put everything on hold. I'm almost done for the first hotline Miami anyways. It's like, I'll get it tomorrow. I'll play through it at the same clip that you are. I'll get to a part of the map where maybe I went left and you went right. And I'll be asking you about something you haven't even seen yet. You won't be able to help me. And I'll be like, fuck this. And it'll be too hard and I'll put it on and I'll go play something else. And it'll sit on a shelf for a year anyway. But like, to me, it's almost better. And you'll, you'll just get annoyed. You'll get annoyed to shit with me in a year from now. And like, our WhatsApp chat is just like blowing up in your pocket. Cause I'm like, what the fuck do I do with this boss? Da, 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 da. So I feel like that's probably asking questions that way. And having like, even talking on this podcast a year from now about my experience, then for new listeners will still be relevant. So I'll probably just do it that way. Cause otherwise I know I'll just be like, I'm not, I'm not so intensive a gamer that I can just like figure this out. Like we like the review we listened to from kind of funny. Most of those guys are serious gamers. Like Tam and Andy are like die hard from software dudes. And like, I am not so, and you could tell because you even heard like a couple of those other hosts being like, yeah, I don't know. Like it was really hard. And like, I didn't like these very core elements of the game. And Andy and Tam are like, yeah, but that's the best part. And I'm like, I think I just need to like really take my time with this when some time has passed. And, uh, and like I said, there's benefits to that because there's going to be patches. There's going to be DLC content. It's going to be cheaper. It's going to be lots of cool stuff. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. Well, I did mention, um, if we can find the time, I'll, uh, 
I'll see if I can like install it on your system. We can just hang out one night and you can at least just kind of get a feel for it. Cause I've mentioned this a hundred times. This is a really, I mean, the marketing around this game has done a good job, but simultaneously it's very hard to sell these games until you have it in your hands and you actually realize what everyone's talking about. It's one thing to just see a trailer and be like, yeah, it looks really cool. Like it's, you know, (laughs) lots of colors and, and darkness and just like craziness. It's another to actually sit there with a character you just built and, you know, you just whacked a whole bunch of dudes. You got a whole bunch of money in your pocket and then you're like, should I cross that bridge? It's kind of scary. I don't know. There's a big dude on the other side of it. And then you're like, I'm going to cross that bridge. And then you try and cross that bridge and that guy fucks you in one hit. And you're like, oh, <laughs> I pro- probably shouldn't have crossed that bridge. And then the journey begins because you're going to go and try and find your souls. And on the way to finding your souls, you're going to die again. You're going to lose all of those souls. You're going to be really upset, but you're going to want to continue. And this loop repeats forever. So if you ever want to give it a shot. Um, so with that, because that's uh, you, you touched on this twice now, and I meant to ask earlier, is it similar to the way Deathloop works? Um, no, no, I wouldn't really relate it to, because Deathloop, I think, that's what you know, really being thing. You have all your stuff. Like Deathloop, you die. And you drop all your shit and you have to go back and find where you died to pick up all your stuff. You 100%. Yeah, you are right. Actually with what was the currency in that game? The residium. Residium. That's the right game. (laughs) You know what you, you are, you are right. Yeah. Um, but you know, the, I, I, I consider death loop, an insanely easy game in the grand scheme of things. So I think it is that, that difficulty and that kind of, methodical approach of from software games that really does and this is the thing you you have to experience it for yourself to understand it really does change the fact that you just lost everything and now you're trying to get it back death loop yes you are right I, I forgot about that when you died there was like your your weird body that's like i don't know covered in a bunch of slimy color it was like a really weird effect and yeah you had to like absorb that again to get it back um, that is basically the mechanic, but the design around this game makes all the difference to what that means to obtain that again and like progress. And again, like dying on the way there and losing it all is a whole other, whole other thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, <clears throat> it's definitely, I mean, like the way I think you've described it to me before, maybe I heard some other people describe it is like, it's designed for you to try to go into a situation with a bit of confidence, having that confidence shattered into a million pieces and then being like, okay, I got to go figure some other stuff out, build up my character, get a new weapon before I ever try that motherfucker again. And like, I I feel like that could be in similar to hotline Miami where it's like, I need to try a different mask with a different ability to come into this room and like clear, clear room one instead of room two. Like I feel like that same overarching strategy is is going to be what's what makes the game super fun combined with what you mentioned about like you don't really know where you're going mm-hmm. you have to like almost like you have the map in your pocket and you have to put your own x's on it like it's fucking the year 1400 or wherever this takes place like that that's gonna be super interesting and like hearing the reviews of like oh i fell into this cave and i didn't mean to but like whoa shit's fucked down here too and like you know so I, it's going to be, 
it's going to be really interesting. And I think there's going to be so much content. Like my phone's buzzing right now with all the YouTube videos of all the first hour of gameplay, first thoughts, first boss. Oh my God. How to beat I, this boss. I typed this in weapon, I'm like, Elden oh. Ring as like the keywords yesterday, obviously when like the reviews dropped and like that's all there was because the embargo for anything else, basically any form of, of actual gameplay dropped today. So... I just randomly typed it in, made the mistake. Oh my God, the amount of tips and tricks and the the things you need to know are like the things I didn't know. <laughs> There's so much content already. Um, but one thing I wanted to touch on because um, you kind of, you know, you said the whole thing around, I don't want to get frustrated going down a different path than you did. And I'm going to get to an area where I don't know what to do. And then I'm going to put the game down. I think that is a very valid point to all of their previous titles because I had mentioned before that you know that whole thing about bottlenecking the player into a linear path you're up against boss number four in the game and that's all you have you can go back to earlier areas and grind out like souls to level up your character but to see any more content that the game has to offer you have to get through that boss that's it you have no other option Elden Ring by every account and everything that I've kind of heard completely solves that problem because now you get to that part and you text me and I'm like, Oh man, I, I, I'm not there yet. That sounds crazy. And you're just like, this is really frustrating. I, I can't beat it. Go any other direction, literally any other direction. This was the case in breath of the wild as well. You could beeline it right to Ganon right at the end to beat like the final boss. But like, you're going to get owned by just a guard standing outside, never mind the end boss. So th this is where the whole sense of discovery comes in. You'll discover shit that's going to kick your ass, and this game is, is going to kick your ass. But what's really alleviating to me is just knowing that, okay, I'll just go the other way, I guess. I'll, I'll go find anything else. And when you do find something that you know is a little more reasonable... Maybe spend a little more time in that area. Level up your character there. By the time you return to what was very difficult that was infuriating you, might be a cakewalk. Yeah. Yeah, and that's... I, I thought about that too. And like, yeah, there's lots of pros and cons. I just, again, like, for me, it's like I can't see myself at this point with everything I want to play living in a game for a year because that's what this is going to have to be. Like, I can't see myself just be like, I'm going to play 15 hours and I'm going to play other stuff. Like, it's going to be like, no, no, no. Oh, yeah. This this like, is like a main. <laughs> you're, you're not playing anything else with this. Like, and part of the reason I think I've said it before, like the reason why I do one game at a time is because otherwise I, f I can't, my hands just can't remember to go back to the other controls. It takes me like a half hour to re-figure out how to like play that game yeah. and like get back to the, the skill level of like even in Spider-Man, like combat in Spider-Man, because like Grayson will want to play Spider-Man every now and then. And he just wants to swing around. We don't do combat because he's too young, but sometimes I'll be like, oh, maybe I'll pick up Spider-Man tonight and I'll play. And I just played Hotline Miami. And it takes me forever to get back to like, and you can figure it out in like two minutes. But to get to the level of difficulty where you're taking out like a Sable troop, Remember the Sable guys yeah, in Spider-Man? Yeah, those are hard with so, the, the shock batons like, and all that shit and jetpacks. Yeah. And like when I was playing Spider-Man every day as my main game, I could cut through an entire army of them like butter. Playing a 
bunch of other games over the last two years since then, four years since then. And going back, I'm just like, okay, I die because I'm like, I can't even like, I, I don't remember all the tips and tricks and little like different things you would do to take out a crew like that. And I feel like, especially with Elden Ring, you can't, I can't play anything else. Yeah. Cause I'll, I'll get to a certain skill level. I'll get to a certain, like, and I'm talking skill level, like my character with the weapons and the abilities and all that stuff, but also just like my ability to hit the right buttons at the right times in the right sequence. I'll get to a point. I can't play anything else because I'll come back and I'll have to rebuild it. So like, that's my problem. It's like, I got to be in a place where it's like, I'm cool to play this for three months minimum. Yeah. That would be a good call. Cause I can totally see already based on, you know, even something like demon souls. It, there is a lot to it. There's a lot to remember. Like I said, you do kind of need a friend to bounce off of and and be like, how the fuck do you do like this one thing? Oh, you gotta you gotta talk to this guy and then go here and get that item to unlock this. Like, there's a lot of really intricate systems in this game. And control wise, I mean, I don't know how it controls yet, but a huge topic that's always been surrounding from software games is accessibility, because the argument for years has always been like the games are too hard like why can't you guys make an easy difficulty and i think even i mentioned that years ago where i'm just like yeah like i don't know like i haven't played them why can't they have an an easy setting or a me you know like a slider to like gauge the game and again until you experience one of these games you will realize that it's not that easy there is no just ai slider to be like okay let's make these enemies like really easy and that done that's cheap game design and that's what these guys do not do um the one thing i would like to see in uh, all their games to be honest because we're starting to see this a lot with uh, with sony titles especially start with the last of us 2 um ratchet and clank cut it and um i know forbidden west has a really good accessibility menu and this is the argument where I think there's a lot of things that are valid here that I haven't, I, I can't comment on Elden Ring. I can only say I'm, I'm hoping for stuff. And I, I don't have the highest hopes because again, their accessibility in the past hasn't been the greatest, but with the argument surrounding all of their previous games and now Elden Ring of it's difficult. Like how, how can we get more people to play it? I think they've done a great job already in what, it sounds like, you know, in terms of the game design and pulling more people in to allow it be a little easier, it would be nice to have those accessibility options. And I'm just talking about stuff like auto run. That is such a simple accessibility feature in 2022 now that, you know, I I won't get into the whole story, but like I'm still reeling from something that I experienced at the beginning of COVID, and you know all about this with my my hands. I still don't really know what the fuck happened, but I had some serious problems with my wrist and my hands and the nerves and and all these things that I didn't play games for a while. I was restricting my phone usage, and like I'm in a really good place now. But every once in a while, I have like a bad day where like I get like cramps and like they really hurt. And there are little things that games, especially something like Elden Ring that's so involved, would really benefit from and allow even more people to come in. And to your point about being away from a game for so long, coming back and being overwhelmed, these little things can always make the difference. And it's, it's stupid things, man. Auto run, 
Um, remember in Last of Us 2 when I texted you, I'm like, hey, there's an accessibility feature to auto pick up every item. Like you, you don't have to just spam triangle every time you go up oh, to an item. Like best, the best, the that best. My that life. and like when we got when we got Grand Theft Auto Three, Grand Theft Auto Vice City, and San Andreas remastered recently, dude, you can change it now. So they added this feature to the remaster. But that original game, you had to jam, you had to fucking rapid tap square to run, oh, or whatever button it was. Maybe that's and why they like, my hands are so fucked up. Is just the Grand Theft Auto series? Because yeah. Yeah, you do, you and you have to run through that entire game. You can't walk. Same with Hitman, like holding holding R one or whatever it is. Like, why? Why am I holding a shoulder button? Yeah, like just a like toggle, toggle on, toggle on. <laughs> and maybe Hitman has it. By the way, I haven't looked. No, at that they menu, don't. But like, trust me, I've looked. <laughs> like you know what I mean, like that. But the, running anything where it's like, please don't make me hold a button to do this. You like, know, what? I don't mind hold. Uh, speaking as someone who had like actual issues just with this type of stuff holding is not as bad still annoying toggle would be nice depending on what the uh the feature is what really pisses me off is any game there's no excuse for this i'm sorry there's no version of reality where i'm like yes that was a good decision is smashing a button rapidly for a long period of time so yeah. if a prompt comes up on screen, it's like Any press X and it's just telling you to just literally smash yeah. it. And then it goes on oh. for way too long. No, thank you. That that will fuck up my hands for the entire night. So the option yeah, you know they, to just switch it to hold, yeah. beautiful. I do it in every beautiful. single game. I, I saw that change because I remember like Resident Evil 4 was bad for that back in the day. They switched it now where it's like, put your joysticks and guide them to this one circle and then tap R1. Guide your joysticks to here and then tap X. Like that Spider-Man did that. So it was more that instead of jam X a bunch of times. But like, here's what I'd love to see. This is a little outside the box. Wouldn't it be creative? Maybe a bit confusing at first, but I think people would adapt if there was a shift key. So you have a keyboard, right? And when you hold shift, the number one on your keyboard can be an exclamation point or the number two can be the at symbol. Number three can be the pound sign. What if it was like that on a gaming controller so that shift L1 does one thing and L1 on its own does something else. You double the amount of buttons that can be used for shit. I mean, and a like lot of it games do have that, but like, that's, that's usually built into their systems. You're saying as like, games that don't already have that built in to open up like an accessibility menu how how would no no no. like how would you no i'm saying like l1 does like one thing in most games if you had another button that was actually designed on the controller that was literally you could call it shift and you click shift and now l1 does something different Hmm. in that same game do you know what i mean because otherwise what happens is like for in sports games for example like the button to shoot is the button to check when you don't have the puck in a hockey game. Like the button to slide tackle is the same as the button to lob pass in a soccer game, depending on if you're on offense or defense. But it wouldn't be a problem for sports games because it's already built in. It's like when you have the soccer ball, it's a bunch of different controls versus when you don't, and you don't need even all the buttons on the controller for whatever you do. But in Elden Ring, in any of these open world games, like wouldn't that be easier? Like that would take away the need to hold or spam anything because you could just be like shift L2 and it's on now forever. Shift R1, this thing's on now okay, forever. I see where you're going. Like, and you know kind I mean? of programmable you know hotkeys in, in, in a sense. Basically. Yeah, yeah something just, like that. 
I, 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 you know, again, haven't really dove into uh, to anything, especially for Elden Ring. But um, it's just, it's always a topic of conversation for these games. Just, they're way too hard. Make them easy. It's like, I don't think you need to make them easy. I, th- I think, especially based on the game design, and, you know, you can't really change that too much. I think it would definitely benefit from uh, some accessibility options, just like the ones we mentioned. Tap to hold, um, auto run, auto run fucking saved my life. <laughs> Any first person game where you got to like click L3 and they sprint. If that sprint gets canceled on its own too quickly and you got jam fucking jam that goddamn joystick into the controller again. There is a wake-up call. I, I, I honestly, like, you should probably do this because it'll blow your mind. Set up, like, a camera somewhere just focusing. Like, set up your cell phone to where it's just capturing your hands holding a controller where you can see all of your fingers. And play any game. Watch back, like, 20 seconds of that footage. And look at all of the things your hands are doing. It's fucked. Like, no wonder we're all getting arthritis. We're all just, like getting decrepit at such young ages because like between that and like i work on a computer all day manipulation of a phone you combine it all um you know it's probably no reason that i had issues with my hands um but yeah i i um i don't think elden ring is going to have anything like this but i did just want to kind of bring that up because like man it's something we're seeing more and more like i mentioned with the sony titles and i'm fucking loving it so i'm i'm interested to see what they have I'm not going to get my hopes up, but, uh, yeah. Well, it's even like a accessibility too. could even with last of us, there's like, make it higher contrast, make the colors different. If like you're colorblind, like make it, you know, I'm a big fan of that kind of stuff too. And there's like, there's no word for that at the game awards. And there's awards for that across, across other organizations. They're like best game for accessibility for the year and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So um, yeah, I think more and more of that stuff, you just, you're going to open it up to a broader, um, a broader audience for gaming. Like exactly. I'm pretty sure there's a guy that works with the kind of funny guys. That's like a blind gamer. Uh, and there's a yeah. whole bunch um, of, Oh God, it's his name. Like his handle literally has the blind gamer in it. And I can't think of it off the top yeah. of my, my head. Derek, the blind game, Derek, the blind something, gamer. something like that. Anyways, he, and he's, and he's like, yeah, like he'll review games from like his, his point of view based on his specific experience with it. And um, yeah, like that's just going to get more people into gaming and away from like terrible cable TV, you know what I mean? <laughs> or whatever it is. No, absolutely. Yeah. And like, you know, it. I think Elden Ring has done everything in its power to really draw everyone in. I think that definitely would help a lot of other people to just get to try it and experience it because it is like a mountain to climb to uh, to hop onto one of these things. But I'm excited, man. Um, I don't know if you have any other thoughts. I want to go get to playing it. So, uh, so yeah. Any uh, any more thoughts left? No, I'm good. I'm I'm still up in the air based on your comments, and you sold me a little bit. I'm I'm still up in the air whether I play it like this weekend or a year from now. Time will tell. It's probably it's probably the latter, to be honest, but we'll see. I'm probably going to we'll talk your ear off about it. So if you're not convinced by the end of this weekend, it, uh. yes, exactly. Like you're probably going to tell me all kinds of awesome things, and you like you know what kind of gamer I am. You've been along with me for this journey. It's part of the reason you started this show with me specifically. Uh, so like you'll be able to reference, like you know how you were playing Hotline Miami and this happened. You know how you were playing 
uh, you know, like Spiral the Dragon and this happened. You know how you like you'll be able to reference the like dozens of games I've played recently that will probably end up selling me on it. So yeah, and like pinpoint like you'll really enjoy this aspect, and maybe you won't enjoy this part of it. But anyways, it's been a solid conversation. That has been our Elden Ring special. Um, I don't like we talked about it so much today. I don't know if it's worth even doing a review next week because everyone and their fucking cousin has done a review on this game. Um, we'll see what happens because um, a lot can happen in a week. I'll see how much I get to. But anyways, that is our show for this week. I'm going to go play some Elden Ring and we'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone.